And now we take you to Evangel Church in Tallahassee, Florida, to another powerful, life-changing message. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. The Cuban International Airport there, uh, Havana International Airport, excuse me, in, uh, and you know, everyone says, you know, just be aware, you know, they're going to ask you a bunch of questions. They may even take some of your stuff. Yeah, this is, this is organized chaos back here behind me, but uh, um, uh, we may have to stretch some chairs that way, guys. Uh, that way you'll be off in the dark shadows there. No, just kidding. But uh, um, anyway, uh, it was such an easy uh, tra- just transition through customs, like easier. You know, we got everything, all the stuff that you donated, all the stuff that you prayed over and that you gave, every single bit of those supplies made it through customs. None were confiscated, and we were able to bless the churches in Cuba. Thank you. Brother Ronald Gray said, that's probably the easiest I've ever seen any team ever go through customs at Cuba. He said, you guys must have had a lot of people praying for you. I'm like, we sure did. We sure did. We really, really appreciate that. And um, we just, there's a... um, the cool thing about a missions trip is that you have a lot of just opportunity to meet people that you go to church with. You may even see on a Sunday, but you never, ever get a chance to kind of sit down, have a cup of coffee, because we drink a lot of coffee, um, Cuban Espresso, uh, we, uh, and share a meal together and just kind of get to know their story. And this is the team here. And some of, the, some of these people have been on trips with me for the last four years. Some, this was their very first mission trip experience. You're going to get to hear from them in just a second. Um, but one man in particular that I always, and in the last, few, the last couple years has been with us, is Mr. Benny Chastain. Uh, he's a true blessing, and we love him, and we appreciate him, and what he means to evangel, and what he means to going on these mission trips with us. He's 76 years young. <laughs> and we, we just want to take an opportunity to honor Mr. Benny as one of our, our team, uh, as, as our senior leaders, as we call. Listen, Mr. Benny works harder than any person that I know, um, willing to go, willing to give. You've never got a chance to talk with Mr. Benny and hear some of his stories. Um, we call them Benny-isms and the wisdom that he gives us. Um, but the Cuban people really love Mr. Benny and the hard work that he had and that he contributed, um, and also his love for mangoes. Um, <laughs> The cool thing about going on a trip, there's always inside jokes and there's always the community and the friendships that you build. And we, this team is always fun to hang out with. And uh, there's always those inside jokes. But Mr. Benny uh, really took to some of the people that we work with on the farm. And he, um, he loved the mangoes that were there. They called him Mango Benny, so much so that, um, and I think Tom and Chris, Tom Klein, we, Mr. Benny, we come be with us real quick. We want to honor him. Um, and... Um, Benny, come up here, please. Hey, no, 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 no. Uh, Chris and I are up here. Chris was Benny's roommate last year in Haiti, and Chris traded Benny in for a wife. <laughs> now, I, Benny was my roommate this year, and I was happy to come home to my wife. But in the meantime... <laughs> In the meantime, we, uh, Benny, we, on behalf of the team and behalf of your good, being a goodwill ambassador for the U.S. of A. and for Evangel, I say we, have, we are presenting you, Chris and I are presenting you with the most coveted award of our team. It's called the Mango Medallion. And Chris, if you could, Chris, if you could uh, hang, oh, there you go, present this to Mr. Uh, Benny Chastain. <laughs> and where is this right here? Yeah, here we go. This is <laughs> This is for meritorious service for aggressively consuming the native fruit and in, and endearing himself to the Cuban people cuz every place we went people were giving this guy mangoes and he'd be shaking trees and everything but we we really appreciate you and my only regret Benny is that that did not come from Cuba because I would have been arrested for bringing it in it came from Trader Joe's. But anyway, God bless you. Thank you for coming, man. Thanks, guys. It's always fun. Uh, many memories. And we're going to give you an opportunity today, too, at the end of service. The guy, this team's just going to hang out in the altar after we get done with uh, just prayer and, and our time of ministry. But uh, 
Uh, we welcome your questions. There's a lot of information. You see it's a big team, and we're going to take our, our time to share our stories, share some experiences with you, um, just kind of update you, because you sent us. You prayed for us. You sent us, and we, um, we had an incredible time um, in Cuba. Not at one time did we, uh, did we feel danger. Did we feel threat? Um, there's a lot of just question marks. I know as I was praying about this trip, Miss um, Janet uh, Taylor, our missions coordinator, we and I and Pastor Terrell and I, we sit down and we. This usually takes a year of planning, so I'm really decompressing still and, and thinking about it and praying. I don't want to think about going on a trip right now, but um, to organize and put together, we really start in about August, uh, September. We start thinking about it, and we had so many other countries in mind. Uh, so many things that were on my heart and even sharing with pastor and, and those things that um, they just didn't materialize. They didn't come together. And we had an email from, from uh, our missionary, Ronald Grace, that there's an open door in Cuba. Do you want to go? And, and it all just opened up. And God just said, we saw his hand move so, so much so. We got a few uh, still photos that we just want to show you. Some photos capturing our time um, in Cuba. And uh, we'll have some videos that are coming out in the weeks, uh, in the days ahead. You can uh, follow them on Instagram, on Facebook, and we'll also show them again in service. But we want to give you kind of a snapshot today and let you hear from the team. But there's some photos here of uh, us leading worship. There's Maya and Jason, Sam in the background. We got to worship in many different home churches throughout Cuba. Um, I believe since 1959, 1959, there's not been a church, a new church built in Cuba. Can't do it. Can't build. So what people do is they either turn their old homes or they may find two, an open space in between two buildings and just put a roof on it, and that's where they have church. And we met in a lot of places like that. Um, this was a beautiful church. Uh, they invited us there that morning. They said, oh, there'll be, there'll be about 30 kids, and we get there, and there are almost 100 kids packed into that room that is a quarter the size of maybe our youth room downstairs here. It was, it was, and then there's Emily Hicks, Emily, there's Emily, there she is right there, Emily Hicks. Um, she got an opportunity to uh, share her short sermon, uh, preach the word of God for the very first time in a mission field where she feels called to. At 17 years old, she feels called to missions and she got to experience that. Um, there's me working with Zylan, our interpreter. She did such a great job in keeping up with us fast-talking Southerners sometimes, or maybe I'm a fast-talking Southerner, but uh, um, she had a, she, had, she was a, it was just a beautiful church there we got to worship in. Um, it's probably 100 degrees that day and 120 in that room. No, nah, yeah, but uh, uh, there we are at our, um, that's the Methodist Center that we stayed at. That's where we ate uh, breakfast and dinner and lunch together, um, doing some team building exercises. Um, and uh, it's just a beautiful place to eat. I think we've had enough rice and beans to last us for a while. So uh, uh, someone invited me to um, Moe's today and I said, I'll have to pass on that. But uh, um, look at the beautiful architecture here um, from the team. Just this is uh, old Havana that we're, I believe it. No, maybe I'm wrong. Team, help me. This is to the church. Yeah, this is the, the, this is the neighborhood in which um, New Jerusalem Church, where we were ministering and working with the local pastors there. This is the neighborhood. Look at, the, look at the pews that we got to sit in that morning. Yeah, just keep scrolling through, Doug. Here's, we did get to build a wall in Cuba. Um, and uh, there's uh, Connie Nunn, and I believe that's Tom up there. And there's Dr. Hans. Um, this wall and this block, of course, we got to mix concrete by hand. That was fun. And um, I, there were so many men doing it, though. I didn't, have, I didn't even have to jump in there and do anything, right? No, but uh, they gave me a hard time for that. I think that's John Peacock trying to find block to go down inside the wall. Listen, what would have taken, what only took us two or three days, four tops, to build that wall would have taken them months just by manpower alone and supplies and things like that. So you were partnering and helping them. What they're going to do at the farm there, they call it La Finca, the farm. It's a, it's a rehab center for men who are, you know, rehabbing from drug and alcohol addiction. And they bring these men in. They were, we were expanding a kitchen and building some extra storage room for them. Um, and here's the thing, because they can't build new buildings or the permitting was so high and outrageous. We were able to, um, kind of get around some of that and help them build this wall where they can repurpose some of that space. And you'll hear from the team a little bit about the guys who are on that project. 
children's ministry, we brought coloring pages. Um, man, trying to give out crayons to over 100 kids each service and trying to get them back in another language, that was, that was definitely a challenge, but it was a lot of fun. They ate up the coloring um, we got a, uh, we, this story here, we're going to share in just a second, but you got some, uh, we got some family history here in Cuba, and you're going to get to hear that from some of our team members. Um, this is the first day while we were in Cuba. Uh, I think we got a few more photos we want to show you. Uh, this is uh, Sister Rose, oh, a little too fast, go back one, I want to explain that story a little bit more, um, if you can, Doug, if you can go back, but um, maybe not, um, but uh this is a, if you hold right there, those pictures here, these kids waited on us for two hours because our bus driver was late picking this up. These are youth kids. These are neighborhood kids who a young pastor had a passion to reach his neighborhood. He's 20, 20 years old. So he started a soccer club and these kids are off the street. They said this is their probably second or third church service they'd ever been to. And you could tell like the way they just stared at us and, um, but they just, they were, they, they waited for two hours. We presented the gospel. And on that day, six students, men, boys and girls, teenagers made a decision to follow Jesus that day for the very first time. There's Sister Rosie. This is Pastor Sergio's uh, wife, and she is the matriarch uh, of the farm, and, and just her heart exudes with passion and love for Jesus and love for children. Um, we actually had a children's service, youth service that day at the farm, um, and uh, man, there were kids all over the place, and it was, such a, it was so hot, it was so fun, and the Spirit of God moved so much, so powerfully, so such a, a tangible presence of God in, those, in that service outside um, that we saw a man who, who had issues with seeing and with sight. He said, I, I came here and I couldn't see. Dr. Hans prayed. He and I prayed in the altar with him. And you can see his whole countenance change because his eyes were open. And he said, I can see. I can see. It was one of the coolest experiences ever. Yeah, give God some praise for that. There's uh, Maya and Lacey leading. They're going to talk about worship from their perspective here in just a little bit. Maya did such a good job working so hard uh, leading up to it. She said that I think she listened to Spanish music, worship music in her car for months, and she was such a blessing in leading worship in Spanish, like 100%. It was such a beautiful time to worship with the people there. Some more architecture, some of the buildings. It really did. Miss Janet and I and some of the other team talked about it. It felt like we, yeah, yeah, that, that was dinner that day. Um, uh, 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 lunch, it was very good. So um, we, uh, there's the concrete. Keep going. Not, more concrete, more sand. Yeah, we got a bunch of those pictures. Uh, there's the farm. There's some of the children that uh, we get to minister to and with. Connie and, and Alex working on uh, the wall. I think we just got a few more that we'll go through here. There, this is the area. This is the back porch of the farm. This is where we crammed about 70 or more people into that uh, area to worship Jesus. Um, and that's the last few of them there. Anyway, so you got to get an idea, got to get a picture of it. It really did feel like we got on an airplane in a time machine and we went back in time. There was some, it was nice a little bit, I'll be honest with you, to be off the grid, not to be able to uh, be connected to my email all the time or uh, Facebook or Instagram um, because you had to walk a block and a half to go pay two dollars to connect to the internet and so we um, it just, just was, a, it was an interesting, fun experience, beautiful experience um, and I, I, like I said, I was give you an opportunity to hear from Dan, I want Dan to share a little bit of his experience. He, I, I, Dan said I stretched him when I asked him to be the narrator of the Bible story. Um, and, uh, but Dan has a really cool experience of what God did for him in Cuba. Thank you. Um, I was asked to narrate the story of David and Goliath. We acted out. Riley was David. And Jason was Goliath. We acted out the story. So... We practiced Friday night with Ronald Gray, Saturday, we did it twice, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. Monday, the backstory is, um, I really wanted to, to do work on Monday, and I almost came to Pastor Zach and said, I want to work today, I don't want to do the missions, kind of the ministry thing, but I went. So we went to this church, and it was kind of what Pastor Zach described, just real simple house, the bus couldn't even pull up there. We walked up there, and we did our 
our David and Goliath, we did all our ministry, and the, the pastor there had chickens running around the, the yard. There's a couple ducks, these three hogs. I mean, it's like a farm out there. But we got to the end, and I, and I gave an invitation, not an invitation, I kind of closed the deal on the story and said, David and Goliath, uh, that just like with David and Goliath, God is bigger than any problems we face. So at the end, the pastor called up the whole team. Normally he'd call up, you know, Zach and Lacey are the leaders, but he called up the whole team this time. And then he prayed for us, and it was so powerful because he prayed God would bless the work of our hands, help us continue to prosper. And this, this family, you know, the people have nothing. $50 a month is their typical salary. Um, so then he pointed at me, and I thought he was pointing to his wife or somebody behind me. He says, no, you. And he called me over, and he said, you have a word for the Lord for you. He says, you need to stop worrying and he said, God's in control, and you need to stop worrying about everything. And, and I know Millie has video of it. Um, that was very, very powerful. And I, really, I thought, I don't, I don't worry about anything, but then I realized I worry about retirement. Am I going to have enough money? What if I have physical issues, this and that, and all the things I worry about? So Pastor Zach came after, over to me, and he said, was he on point? And I said, yeah, he was on point. It was super powerful. Um, and I was able to share last night with our family. We had a Cuban dinner of um, old clothes, rice and beans, watermelon bread. We tried to make it authentic, but it was awesome. But thank you, everybody. Thank you. People supported me financially. A lot of people prayed. Miss Janet, a lot of people, can't mention everybody in the church, really supportive. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dan. Thank you. It really was a humbling experience, Dan. We're ministering to these kids, and this pastor calls us all over and he prays this incredible blessing over us and then he and he stops and i'm like uh oh what's about i know it's i've been in a pentecostal church long enough i know what's about to happen and uh and uh he's like i got a word for somebody and he, he calls dan out and it was yeah it was just a super humbling and just got it was a god moment that's what we call one of our god moments um real quick before we do this interview all of the first timers this is your first time going on a missions trip will you come stand here real quick i want everyone to see you real quick this is the first time going on a missions trip with us give them a hand as they come up here real quick so um Maya's going to share a little bit here briefly of something different, but I, um, I just want to brag on them and give them a, you know, maybe a minute or so just to kind of share um, really what it meant to go on your first missions trip with your church uh, or the church family here and just what God did. So I'm going to let uh, Commander Hurley start and we'll just pass it down. If, if you, you know, uh, I'll let you, I'll give you the mic where they can hear you. Yeah. Well, it was a, a really uh, humbling experience. It was you know, these people, I mean, they have next to nothing, but they seem so joyful. Uh, one of my favorite times is on Sunday morning. We had a service, and we were all singing and worshiping the Lord together, and it was just, it was just really special. But, uh, you know, I was a little apprehensive at first, you know, um, you know, being a communist nation and everything like that. And we, we didn't have too much trouble at, at customs. Had a, I think Isaac, they thought Isaac was Rambo or something, so they were checking him out. <laughs> but uh, but it, it worked out pretty good. And, and once we got in there, the people were just so loving and, and so appreciative of what we did. It, it just really, you know, really did, did wonders for me. So my experience was very similar to Commander Hurley's. And, um, I had my um, reservations about going on this mission trip, but I knew I didn't, want to, I didn't want to miss this opportunity. I felt very called and compelled to go on this trip. Um, and the main thing for me was whenever we would worship, and it was in Spanish, and I speak next to no Spanish, but, <laughs> um, but whenever we would worship, that, that barrier was gone. It was, wasn't there. We would worship, I would sing, I would worship and praise in Spanish, and it just, and they would, and vice versa, they would worship and praise in English, and it was a phenomenal thing to see that the same spirit that we have here in America is the same spirit around the world, the same spirit that moves all of us and compels all of us to live a better life and to try to guide others to that same Christ, to that same spirit, so really phenomenal things happened. Um, it was awesome to see the global church just worship God. It didn't matter if the worship was from 2009. It didn't matter if it was a new song that they never heard of it. 
they um, they worshiped with all of their heart. Um, you know, they didn't care about the heat. They didn't care about the fact that the sound system didn't work because they weren't going to let anything dictate what God had to do in their life and what God had planned for them. Um, I would say definitely like one of my, I'd, I've seen um, a lot of my peers go on uh, mission trips uh, over the last couple of years. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'm not going to miss out like this time. Like, I'm definitely going to go on this trip. So I'd, you know, pay my dues. We went on the trip. Um, and I think one of my, my, definitely my favorite parts was you see, you see over the other trips, the bonding um, when people come back and you see that people are different. These relationships are different. Um, and I've been at this church for literally my entire life, like almost 19 years. And I have never had a, a full-on like conversation with Mr. John Hurley, and he's been here longer than I have. <laughs> so just to connect with with people who have been here who I've never even talked to, and just on that level was really awesome. And you're super cool. So <laughs> thank you, thank you all. Yeah, give him a hand. You know, before we left and we prayed, uh, you, you guys prayed to send us out. I know Pastor um, even mentioned about Commander Hurley and, you know, 40 years of Rangers and, and just loving and serving here and pouring into the next generation that there's some young men that went on this trip that he has seen them grow up. He poured into them and, and uh, just to see that's fruit that remains, church. That's fruit that remains, and, and, and you know, we sow a lot, and I know, uh, talking with Commander Hurley and all of our next-gen team, you know, when you work with children, when you work with youth, you do not see instantaneous results. Sometimes you wonder if they're even listening to you at all, and you just sow seed, and that's what God called us to do. You just keep casting seed and casting seed, and you just keep being faithful, and then you start, and you get moments like this when you get to go on a mission trip, and you get to start to see students in their element and what God's called them to do. And we talked about that, Lacey and I and, and the rest of the other adults and leaders that are on this trip. I, it was so cool to just sit back and just see students who have come underneath uh, the ministry here of this church and been a part of our children's ministry and our youth ministries here and just seeing them. And even some who, like we said, Emily, she's adopted. She, she's kind of connected to us. Her, her dad and mom are the district youth directors, which are, they're good friends of ours and they're here this morning. We'll get, we won't embarrass them too much. I don't, I don't think you can. But they, they let, they let, their daughter go with us and entrusted us to her. And, and uh, so I said, I'll just be like a surrogate youth pastor to you. But I just seeing kids just grow, not just kids, but adults and students grow in what God's called them to do and using that gifting. That's what we're all called to do. That's what we're all called to do. So it was just really, really a humbling experience to be a part of that. Um, as I said, Dr. Hans is going to come. Millie and Sam, I invite you to come up here. Will you grab that mic, that other mic, where it'll be a little bit easier? We'll want to pass it back and forth. Our sound team, we're going to turn this other mic on so where y'all are aware that, um, um, yeah, don't be shy. Come on up here. Come on, come on, come on. So what's really cool about this is there's some family history here. I'm going to let Sam and Millie share a little bit about their first day experience. Dr. Hans got to be a part of this first day experience, so he'll talk a little bit as well. So Millie and Sam, y'all started off and then pass it to Dr. Hans and let's talk about the whole encounter that happened the first day. Yeah. Well, I knew going into this trip, this is my fourth missions trip with Evangel. I knew that this one was going to be different because my grandfather grew up in Cuba. I mean, in Havana, so knowing that and hearing all these stories about how, where he grew up and how he grew up and like everything, all, I've heard about it all my life and knowing that we're going to his old stomping grounds, we're going to his old town, it, was, it blew me away at first. The day before we went to, the day before we were flying out, he gave us this piece of paper. He goes, this is my address. He goes, go take a picture in front of my house. He kind of gave it to us as more of a joke, like, here you go, and he had a picture of it on it. And so we brought it to Cuba with us, and Dr. Han said, hey, do you guys want to go? And the lady at the hotel, um, she says, yeah, it's right around the corner. The fact that it was right around the corner was just a complete and total 
God thing. So we were able to go. Sorry if I'm taking up all the. <laughs> the fact that we were able to go to his old house and Dr. Hans helped us. He translated for us with the lady that works at the hotel. But just the idea, in fact, that it was right around the corner from where we were staying. It's just a complete and total God thing. Amen. Amen. Millie, yeah, let Millie Thank share you. something. <laughs> so Millie was our team photographer and videographer, and she's putting together a lot of stuff. So she was a lot of times behind the camera, but she was very influential in this. So yeah, Millie, go ahead and share. So um, I walked downstairs, and as he said, um, our granddad is from Cuba. When he gave us the address of his old house it was kind of as he said a joke um we were laughing about it like saying okay we'll go back and um go look around and see if we can find anything and bring it back for him so um when we i walked downstairs the first couple of hours of being in cuba and they were talking about going to go see it and i was messing around because as zach said i was i'm recorded all of the stuff all the events all the pictures um, I was doing that, and so I was messing around with a camera trying to get the microphone to work, and um, they said, okay, you want to go to the house? And I was like, wait, what? And I have it on video of my foot, just like, <laughs> because I was shocked. I was like, no, you're joking. And uh, they said, yeah, let's go. I said, I don't think so. <laughs> so we went, and we walked around, and as Sam said, it was so cool, the fact that God cares about such the little details, the little thing that I didn't think that was going to actually happen, that did happen. It was so intentional. It was so cool to be able to walk and look around. It was like an unexpected little blessing that none of us had asked. And it was really cool. And I'm thankful for Mr. Hans, Dr. Hans, that he translated because we didn't know what was going on. Here you go. <laughs> Yeah, Dr. Hans, share your perspective, yeah. Well, I'll make it brief. Um, I was sitting downstairs uh, on our first day, uh, first two or a few hours, and enjoying a little bit of coffee. Came down, Sam, he fling a little piece of paper and says, this is my grandpa's old address. And I looked at it, it says, um, Calle 25 entre Avenida E and F. It's... 25th Street between E and F. So I asked the lady, I saw 25th Street around there. She said, oh, yeah, it's right there. You should just walk up there. I said, how long it's going to take? 15, 20 minutes? No, I said, no, five, seven, maybe five minutes. And she took her two daughters and walked up there with me. Uh, so we went, we were able to see the house, the exact number, the exact address, and... Uh, the interesting thing about all that is um, they thought it was a joke, but it's not. It's a real address. And as we were looking and taking pictures on the outside, another guy that was doing some construction work said, we can have them open it for you so you can go and look. Somebody came and op opened the door. The lady came and opened the door. And that lady, she said, uh, she has decided to um, take care, to stay and take care of her parents that are old. Uh, her mom has passed. Her dad is now 92 years old. She's taking care of him because she doesn't believe in just throwing him somewhere. Uh, she, she said, I believe this is why, why they have children. So at least some of them will take care of them when they get older. Um, <clears throat> So we ended up having a conversation with her. She's pretty, very well educated. She's an attorney, I believe, but not practicing. Um, I had the opportunity to ask her a question regarding her salvation. Uh, she started giving me a long history. I read the Bible. I know about the Bible. So, and finally, we, uh, I asked her if she would like to receive the Lord as her savior, and she kind of wasn't too sure, and she continued another, another conversation, and I asked her the same question again, and uh, the lady that was with me, I asked her, would you pray the prayer of faith with her? And she said, fine, and she agreed to do that. And uh, after we prayed with her, 
she was totally different. She said, I, had, I felt really uptight, headaches and all that. Everything is gone. I feel free. So, and that was our first few hours. And I said, well, that was quite interesting. Looking for an old address and we got to minister to her. And her, her dad came out. We, we didn't have a chance to pray with him but because she felt that she needed to go and attend to him. But that was uh, our first great experience uh, with, uh, in Cuba. Amen. Amen. Yeah. Thank you. I'll take it. Thank you. Within the first few hours, they had prayed with someone. They get to visit uh, uh, a family home. Uh, like I said, God moments. Uh, the next one, I want, next few people I want to talk to you is Maya and Lacey. It was really cool to um, second trip uh, that my wife has went on with me. Uh, last year was Haiti, um, and, and uh, this year was Cuba. It's always hard to leave our three girls. Um, I know it's hard. It's, I think it's harder on Lacey, and sometimes it is on me. Um, I, just as a mom, and just um, you know, we. Uh, but we do this thing together, so it's always fun to do ministry with my wife. Um, and I want them to kind of talk to you about the perspective of leading worship, but also just the worship experience in in Cuba. Yeah. I uh, as. Am I on? Okay. Um, I came on this trip because, of course, I, I, like Zach said, we love to do ministry together. Um, it's always been in our heart to, to do things together. And um, so I kind of went into this, you know, kind of preparing ministry-wise. But, um, but I'm so thankful for Maya and the, um, the effort that she took before we ever even came to learn these songs, to, to be prepared with uh, music that we could play, music that because I play, she sings, and so just getting all of that prepared and ready to go, um, I'm just so thankful for her because I was just, I was ready to step back and let let our young people step in and do um, what God has called them to do because all of these, all of these young people back here, uh, everyone up here, but being over the youth for the last five years, um, it's just an incredible thing to see the kids that were in middle school when, when Zach and I got to Evangel um, being young adults. And, and walking in the purpose that we know that God has placed in their life. Um, so I was, I was just going to step back and let them do that, but I got thrust into um, to helping because of some, um, just some of the situations that we were in. There was a keyboard, there wasn't a keyboard, there was a, some way to play the music, there wasn't any way to play the music, and um, so, so Maya really carried all of that, and I so appreciate her, um, but it didn't matter whether there was a keyboard, it did not matter whether there was a sound system to play the music. Um, there was just such a sweet presence of the Lord everywhere we went. Um, the, the people worshiped. The people had such a desire um, to just love on their God, even though they have so little. Um, they were just so grateful and, and such amazing worshipers. Um, it, was, it was a really cool experience getting to worship in Cuba. Um, the first time we we did worship, um, we it was a it was a youth service. That was a service with the with the youth pastor who had a soccer club, and it was a pretty pretty small room, but a lot of kids. Um, and oh, before then, we had we had a little bit of time to practice. Um, I learned um, what was it? Here's in heaven. I learned here's in heaven in Spanish. I had the lyrics on my phone though, um, and I found out that. Um, we had um, Moises, who was a um, Sergio and um, and Rosie's uh, son, and he's also a pastor. And he plays he plays keyboard, and he like knows a little bit of music. And then um, it was a sister in law, um, Saley, and she sings and she plays keyboard. And they were able to help us out with um, with getting there. So they played with us the first time. Um, and yeah, we got to play worship with, or we got to um, do worship with the with youth there and that was 
it was cool. It was cool to sing in Spanish, but it was very much like um, it was very much still like a, a regular youth service, you know, where you're doing worship and you're you're trying to worship, but then you look out at the kids and you're they're just looking at you, you know. So it, it was it was fun, um, and it was really cool to see. Um, like they knew a good number of the songs we knew. They they know Waymaker. They do that one. That's a popular one. Um, but yeah, I think um, a really big moment, I think it was the second time we got to do worship um, in one of these um, one of these home churches, and it was, we thought it was going to be a youth service, it was a good bit of youth, and then a couple more adults as well, um, and they were, they were alive with worship, it was amazing, and I, um, we got to do Freedom by Jesus Culture in Spanish, and they, they loved that, and they were just, it was just really encouraging um, to, because I've been, I've pretty much only done worship in youth, and that can be, that can be a fun time, because as I said, kids are just looking at you, you're, you're worshiping your heart out, and they're just like, all right, but um, it was really cool, it was really encouraging to just, to, to be with them and worship with them, and they're just, and they're, they, they barely knew that song, but they were worshiping, they were worshiping with us as well, and um, there was a worship service that we had at La Finca as well, and they were, um, it was it was amazing. It was very Pentecostal. I was not expecting that. <laughs> it was um, they called all of the youth up to come and like pray for us, and we were all. Um, I think we were singing Waymaker, weren't we? We were singing Waymaker. It was in Spanish. I knew a little bit of the words, and we were just we were just worshiping our hearts out. And it was it was sweaty and it was hot, but it was just it was really awesome to to worship with people in Cuba. Amen. Amen. Thank you both. Yeah. Janet. You know, we said this, that the church is alive and well in Havana, Cuba, in Cuba as a country. Um, I, I, you know, for so long, a country that we thought, well, that was closed and, and was fear-based, but you did not sense that there. Just so much passion. Um, that church service they're talking about, like we do the presentation, we do the altar call, we do the prayer ministry, and then they start singing, and then the pastor starts preaching again. I was like, oh boy, here we go. Uh, it's going to be a long, but it was just such an incredible opportunity um, to just minister there. Uh, Miss Janet Taylor is our missions coordinator, if you may or may not know that, but I've asked her to come and share from her heart because she, listen, without Janet Taylor and Alex Taylor, this trip would not have been possible. I think we can just, I believe you give honor where honors due. Can we give it up for the Taylors? From the coordination to the emails to um, just getting us ready to go, she um, she's top notch. She's she's a she's a true blessing. I many of you, if you know Miss Janet, you know, and you know Alex, you know they're a true blessing to the kingdom, true blessing to Evangel. So I want her to share her heart a little bit, um, and then uh, we'll close this thing out here in just a few minutes. And we're gonna leave the altars open, um, and there will be other team members here. I encourage you to talk to them and get to know them, hear their story, and you'll be hearing more of their stories on the in the week to come as well. So, Miss Janet, yeah. Well, we were ages 9 to 76. We were 25. And um, you, you get concerned that everybody's passport is in order and all the visas, but you were part of this too with those suitcases because there were 10 extra plus our 25, and we all helped getting them through. And I watched as the, you know, was going around the belt. We were in Havana. And then the agent came by and got hold of Riley and Tom and Dan. And then they wanted the leader. And I said, Lord, grant me the spirit of holy boldness to answer this man. Because he was writing everything down. How much money did we have? Where was the money? What was in the suitcases? Why were we here? Where were we staying? What were we going to do? And I, you know, you just have this feeling like this man is not going to turn us around. He wanted to know, did we bring gifts? I said, of course we brought gifts. We're Christians in the United States. We're coming to your country. And yes, we are bringing gifts. He wanted to know how much money did I have on me personally. And I said, $1,300. Would you like me to count it for you? And I just about, you know, went to get it. No, 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 no. Uh, we got all the suitcases, and they were beloved. All of the things that you um, put in them, all the things that you donated, it was a blessing. Because when we gave it to Rosie and Leslie, there were tears. They were crying. We wish we could have done more, but we did the absolute maximum that we you know, that we could do. 
And so watching them all, and then, there, then we had the last bit. There were four suitcases and the pool. We had to turn around, go for more questions, and I, and I sober. They were opening other suitcases of other people, but not one of our suitcases was, was opened, and they asked about the pool. And I said, it's a pool for baptisms. And it was like, okay, goodbye, you know. And so we just, so to get everything in without one suitcase being opened, because Brother Ron did warn us that that could happen. Now, ditto on everything that was said. This was a wonderful team. This is the 10th mission trip that I have done, we've done for Evangel. We're still going strong, so please consider attending if your heart is burning and you want to go. Um, our vision of evangel to connect, grow, and serve doesn't just occur in these walls. We go, and it is so much appreciated, um, to where we go. And they cry. Now, I, you cry with them because you want Cuba to open up. You don't want it to be 1959. And I said, I'm going to pray that that spirit of being closed is, gets broken. And they repeatedly said, we're fine. God is meeting every one of our needs. And so they assured us. And it was wonderful, too, to see how Jesus crosses cultures. And we've done that. And I know some of you, you've been out, too, and you see God move. And so it was, it was an absolute blessing for all of us to work together and to... Um, and to serve. So connect, grow, serve. We're going to continue. And um, now we have good friends in Cuba that we can return to and bless and be blessed by them. Amen. Thank you. Thank Amen. you, brothers. Thank you, Miss Janet. You know, we want to tie anything we do here to this church to our vision, connect, grow, and serve. And uh, we got to do that. We can do that every day here in the United States, and it was just such, such an honor to take that and be a part of that in, uh, in Cuba as well. I'm mindful of Jesus's words, some of the last words that he shares in Matthew's gospel, the 28th chapter, verses 19 and 20, because we all have this responsibility. Every single one of us that called Jesus our Lord. He says, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I've commanded you. I love this promise. And Jesus says, and surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's not a great suggestion. It's not a great suggestion. It's the great commandment. It's the great commission. Sorry, not great commandment. It's the great commission. We're all commissioned as followers of Jesus. Maybe some of you, and I know that I'm looking through the crowd, there's some of you that have been on mission fields or you go, this team, we all, Janet tells all of them, once you go on your first trip, you're a pro after that, you're ready to go again. The 25 people that we took to Cuba are different people today because of that experience. And they will tell you, because we talked about it a lot, that we can't just have a checklist moment in Cuba where we say, well, you know what? I did my, I did my missions trip. I'm going to check that off. I got my badge for that. I, we don't give badges, do we, Commander Hurley, for no, so, but um, we don't do that. We, it's not just an experience just to check off your list and say, well, that, that's done. I'm going to put that away. No, no, we talked about being missional the rest of our life because mission trips are fun and we make jokes and we have those, those fun times of community. But it's also discipleship and it's spiritual formation. And it's the realizing that the global church, as Emily said, is so much bigger. It's so much bigger than we ever think. Because you know what? The one thing, our language barrier was there. Customs were, the barriers were there. The cultural differences were there. But the one thing that united all of us together in those little tiny churches all throughout Havana, Cuba, was that the Spirit of God was alive and well in them. He's alive and well in you and me and we got to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords with our Havana, with our Cuban brothers and sisters. The church is alive and well around this world. And I believe, and Pastor shared a couple weeks ago, the local church is the hope of the world. Evangel, we're called to go. But that doesn't always mean across the sea. That doesn't always mean to a distant land. It could be to the person that lives next door to you or the person in the cubicle 
at work or the office, however that works. Or maybe they sit right across from you and you share a, a space. Or maybe, maybe it's a family member because we all have those. Or it's a close friend. Or maybe it's just the random stranger that you're walking through the supermarket and as you walk by them, the Spirit of God speaks to your heart and says, I have a word for you. Because I believe that the gifts of Holy Spirit weren't just given for us to operate them within the four walls of this building, but they were given so we could use them in the marketplace. So people who need to hear of this love and his joy and his goodness and his peace and his freedom and his forgiveness so it can be extended to all mankind. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. He doesn't specify what part of the world he loves. He just says, I love the world. And I'm reminded of this, Revelation chapter 7, verses 9 through 12. I was praying about that this morning, and this is how I want to end this. John, the revelator, he looks out, and what he sees, church, is he sees the future. He sees all of us, all of us who would call Jesus Lord. He sees, he says, after this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude. He's looking ahead in history. He's looking ahead at the end of time. This is at the throne room of God, and he says, I love this. He says, before me was a great multitude that no one could count from every nation, from every tribe, people, and language standing before the throne and before the Lamb of God. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, and they cried out in a loud voice, salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. All the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Every tribe, every tongue, every nation, those who make Jesus their Lord, one day, it's not going to matter the color of the skin or what the denomination that hung over the door. It's not going to matter how they worshiped or how they didn't worship. It's not going to matter who they voted for or didn't vote. It's not going to matter about any of those things. But what's going to matter was Jesus Lord of your life. Did you make a decision, maybe on this Sunday, or maybe it's been Sunday 40 years ago, or maybe it was just a couple weeks ago, did you make a decision that Jesus is the Lord and Savior of your life? Because he's the only way. He's the only way. And what, what this team got to experience is they got to share that love, and they got to experience that, but the work is not finished. We're all called. We're all called here at this church. There's an opportunity, as Pastor Scott shared earlier, coming up, we get to be love, as we say, love with skin on, intentionally to our community. We're going we're gonna to hold a, a VBS, as we say, summer blast. It's going to look a little different, but we're going to do a block party. And we're going to meet the practical needs of our community, but also we're going to meet the spiritual needs as well. It is not just another event on our calendar. We don't do those. We want to be super intentional with loving this neighborhood because that's what, that's what God's called us to do. That's why God planted this church here. That's why it started in a basement. And Ronald shared this with us of the Gray family home all those years ago. And they said, you know what? We're going to believe God that he's going to use us mightily to reach the city of Tallahassee. And through the history of evangel, through missionaries that have been sent out of here, through people who have gotten saved. God has planted us on the corner of High Road and Old Bainbridge to be a light into this community, to be the hands and feet of Jesus. And you have an opportunity, church, every single day to go and do those things. We're going to worship the Lord here. Then you go and stand with me. The team's going to hang out. They're going to be here. And I don't want to miss an opportunity. Listen, I want to give you an opportunity. If you've never made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to have people, our prayer, the, the ones that are working on our altar team, they're going to come and they'll be available for you to pray with. And it doesn't have to be a hard prayer. I remember when I was 12 years old in the bedroom in Weewahitchka, Florida, December 22nd, 1999, I prayed a prayer, simply prayer. I said, Jesus, I've heard of you before. I've been hearing about you all this, these last few weeks in this church I've been going to. 
I'm going to give you a chance. I'm going to give you a shot. In my 12-year-old mind, that's the best way I knew how to pray. And God changed my life that day. God changed my life that day. And it wasn't for some, as we, and and he, he may be watching Facebook Live, I hope he's not, but for some silly, goofy youth pastor who wouldn't leave me alone, who lived right behind me and kept knocking on the door and inviting me to church. If it wasn't for the other people that had prayed and just, he didn't give up on me. And he just said, listen, what you're missing in your life, that void you're trying to fill with all that other stuff, the only one that can really fill it, his name is Jesus. Won't you give him a shot? And so that's what I prayed. If you've never given Jesus a shot, if you've never surrendered your life to him, today's your day. Today's your day in this service. So we're going to pray that prayer over you. You can pray it however you want to at your seat. These altars are going to be open. There are going to be people down here that are going to meet and just agree with you about anything. I, if you have time, you want to hang out and ask some of these guys and girls more about their experience, I encourage you to do that because we're a community, we're a family. But I love you all. I appreciate you all. Thank you for sending us. And we will see what God has in store next year. Amen. Father, we love you. God, I thank you for this team. I bless every single one of them, God. I thank you for their heart to give, to go. I thank you for a church who believes in missions, Lord. I thank you for a church who believes in loving their community, not just here in the States, but our global community, Lord God. That the people, God, there were, I mean, numbers and numbers of kids that we got to minister to. And I think about the decisions that were made in Cuba, Lord, but I also think about the life change that took place here, God, within this team, God, that they'll be forever changed by your Holy Spirit. And Holy Spirit, today, if there's just one person in this room right now, God, that has never given you a shot, Lord Jesus, they're right there at their seat. They would just simply ask you to come and be the Lord of their life. God, that they would just give everything they have to you right now. In Jesus' name, if that's you, I just want you to make that prayer, personal prayer. It's your seat. You ask him to come and be the Lord of your life. And once you pray that prayer, there's going to be people down here, altar team members, if you'll move and get in place now. There's going to be someone that you can agree with, and we can help you with next steps after you pray that prayer. We pray right now that God uses this message to plant good eternal seeds deep into your soul. For more information, visit our website, evangelag.org. Evangel's all about making the name of Jesus famous and his church glorious. We love God, love people, and love life. And we're here for you, working to help draw people from impossible situations into a loving and friendly circle of hope where answers are found and acceptance is given. We invite you to join us for any of our services, Sunday mornings at 1030 and Wednesday evenings at 7. We're located at 2300 Old Bainbridge Road in Tallahassee. We have fantastic programs for kids and youth and small groups to make deeper connections. And we pray that God blesses you richly and abundantly as you continue to seek Him first in all of your life.